hey listeners just a bit of a warning before this episode we are going to be talking about infertility and pregnancy loss is mentioned during this episode it is not all about that but it does get talked about it is still a sibs hanging out and talking about a story together so lots of funny jokes and some good old dark humor thanks for listening becky give me an i an i what do you mean give me a v Oh, give me an F. Give me an F. What's that spell? Asher. Infertility. Our special guest is Lily, our sister. Uh, Lily, why don't you tell everybody where we left off? Pick pick us up where we left off in part one, and take us through the rest of your incredible story. We are so grateful that you were telling telling it and sharing it with us. So I recommend listening to part one if you've made it to part two. That's your that's oh, your rec for this. That's week. my rec because um, it gives a little bit more context for why and the purpose of how I f- why I feel it's uh, an amazing opportunity to share this my personal story, um, and if it can help anybody in their situation or or just be more conscious of what women are going through who might be. Um, going through fertility stuff that you don't know about because often this is not talked about and there's a weird this is a very special kind of situation personally I guess like pregnancy where you don't want to ask and you don't want to presume and many women or people might feel like they don't want to share because you don't want to, you know, you're wishing it's going to go well and you don't want to share or it's too personal. But at the same time, not enough people talk about it. So it's a weird kind of dynamic. And I felt like as soon as I was able to talk about it finally, which is a year after my uh, rainbow baby was born, um, then I should because then it gets the conversation going for other women who maybe not be in a good place to talk about it right now. Um, instead, if I can, then I can help other people be more aware. Um, things, you know, never to do is to say, when you're having a baby, why don't you have a baby? Why don't you have a second baby yet? Oh, you don't, you're not going to have another baby. All those things are things that people should not say to people (laughs) because if they wanted to share, they would. Also, some people may not be interested in having children. That's their choice. Right. And they definitely don't have to explain it to you. Exactly. Um, and, um, one of the things I often got was, oh, but, you know, you should have a baby soon so that the age difference isn't so big. And that was like a real, like, knife through the heart because we're so close in age. Both of your girls, both of you have girls that are very close in age. I'm just going to say pros and cons to everything with that. Well, you were very fixated on that, and I kept telling you, I kept reassuring you it wasn't going to be an issue. Right. It was my thing because I had a plan in my mind, and like Shy knows, when I have a plan i'm pretty loosey-goosey until i have a plan and when i have a plan I and don't you're definitely loosey-goosey with other people's plans yes but when my plans are changed it's hard for me to you know adapt to that and i imagined a certain age difference and that 
window kept getting bigger. And then again, it's, you know, my husband's nine years different age difference from his brother. There are age differences that are much larger and that doesn't mean anything. And having a second kid, if that's your goal, that's amazing and you should do it. But I was fixated on that and people coming up to me and saying, oh, the longer you wait, the more age difference they'll have. I, I've had people even say to me, oh, uh, if it's going to be more than this amount of years, just don't bother. And I, People I, said that to you? Yeah. yeah. Where? I just people say stuff. In Spain? They come up to you on the street? It's, you, yeah. we're, not, we're clearly not getting into the details right now. Okay, fair enough. the terrible things but, people say. But people do say really dumb things that I guess they mean well. Another thing since but we're on this also, topic is... Yeah. Um, I've had many people and moms, like women who have been through this, say, you know, that's great that you were able to do that. Um, had you just relaxed, though, it would have, you know, it probably would have happened anyways. You were probably too stressed about trying to have that baby because you were so stressed about it. If you just relaxed, you would have been able Those to have a baby. Those fallopian follicles would have and, just and, and then in my relaxed. head, I'm like, and I'm like, those are one of them because this person maybe knows I did IVF but didn't know why and in my head I'm like yeah those, those fallopian tubes would have been just like oh shit she just needed to not think about getting pregnant that's one of the things that I'm like when you're trying to get pregnant what the fuck else are you supposed to think about like, well what the about the worst thing to say to someone trying to have a baby relax well, relax relax relax, right, relax. Right. while we're on the topic of um, terrible things people say and judgments they make with someone like yourself going through this process did you ever experience people commenting on um, the fact that you were doing a scientific pharmaceutical intervention to get pregnant, that you were going to be using, you know, needing to put lots of hormones into your body and how that might affect you? Because that's something I've that's I've heard people comment oh, on. Like, oh, does she understand the effect that's going to really have on her long term? And is she, why is she, she really needs a, ba- a second baby that badly that she's going to put all these, all these hormones into her body and that's going to have effects it's on a, her and really it's going to cut point. her life expectancy well, I've my husband heard was crazy concerned stuff. about cancer it's going to give it was, it's going to give her give, cancer give you, it's it'll gonna... give you cancer so that was one of the things he brought up immediately with my doctor who said it's there's no you know she felt very strongly that there's not enough nearly close direct correlation between the two things so she was like no that is maybe so what some articles proposed or what some you know rumors say but she was like no I don't and you have to put your hands in the person you decided to put your hands in my life was in her hands the future life of children was in her hands and I was like good enough for me let's keep going <laughs> you know I will say that I did not tell very many people yeah. so the less people you tell the less opinions you get but I I think that's also why it's hard to talk about it while you're going through it is because right like anything to do with pregnancy fertility motherhood not only does everyone feel that they have an opinion they really feel and even while you are pregnant you're so big you're so small that's you know like everyone needs to comment on every part of i would i would say that i could not have imagined the like havoc it would wreak on my body personally but that's my journey and my choice and i wouldn't have it another way like it is what it is and i'm you know dealing with those consequences i think like hormonally still but if you had you know it's not a life or death thing it's just sort of an inconvenience and if you had told me that was a sacrifice i was going to make i was clearly willing to do that i see other women who you know don't seem to have as much of an issue and i would say the one thing that i have heard was 
so many people after uh, fertility treatment end up getting pregnant naturally. Sure, that is amazing. We know people that has happened to, and that is an incredible surprise and a miracle. Very close people um, that we know, and many, and, and more than one. But that doesn't give other people a license to say to you, if you did do fertility treatment, I bet you... It would I know have it would just, have happened to you. It would have just happened anyways. Yeah. I, I think in this day and age, there are so many ways That's to build a family. That's a shitty thing to whether, say. There's so many ways to build a family, whether through biological means, whether through adoption, whether through blended families. There's so many ways to build a family. Donors, adoption, exactly. adopting an embryo. And, you can adopt an actual embryo. And all of those families are going to be wonderful families if you have a, a great family and so i think the key here is to be supportive of people in their choices of how they've decided to build their family and also mind your freaking business also like stay in your lane like Like, unless you're unless you're a fertility researcher then i don't think you should come at someone and with with medical right like opinions of what isn't good what is good and bad for your body like my naturopathic chiropractor said (laughs) that you that this particular right, treatment that, may right. cause butt boils and right. therefore you shouldn't do it like i'm not or if interested. you just drink this tonic instead you'll yeah. be fine or, do, or if you peloton right. if you peloton right if you peloton multiple times a week you'll be able to get relax, you'll definitely get pregnant relax, you just have to relax yeah. relax yeah really the just, problem thinking about it too the hard. reason you're not getting pregnant is because of all of the pharmaceuticals and the right. toxins Imagine. getting into your body and if you like, instead focused on cleansing and de-stressing taking a little walks, more kombucha juices well, you would get pregnant and so the pregnant problem is the funniest is, one in all of really this because there are literally people out there who don't even know they're pregnant and are going into labor. There are women who have never tried to get pregnant. Get pre- there are women with IUDs inside and get pregnant. I think pregnancy is the we know a story like that. I you know I think there's so many types of ways to get pregnant. It's the funniest thing as if people act like oh had you only done this one thing right, right. as if that that was the key well, to unlock it and I know it. Because I'm an expert, and you, and now right. I now I'm telling so you I this. That's a different it, podcast. It's it called is. Diagnosis Becky. <laughs> right. That is a real and, fake podcast and, that I have. <laughs> where okay, so guys, guys, it's not actually a podcast yet. But if, if you, you if you want to get in touch with me and give me what's going on with you medically, I will give you advice that you are then legally forced to take. No, you are not legally forced to take. <laughs> no. That is not real. Don't listen to Becky. Um, no, but if you, you can just send me your medical issues and like many of these internet in quotes doctors, I can give you really good advice. He does give some good I advice. Do, I do some good I advice. I don't know if advice is the legally appropriate word. I think it's um, suggestion? I, I, information. Information. I think it's. Well, information is current. a stretch. Information <laughs> is assuming I have correct data that I've researched. Influence. 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 <laughs> I can give you some medical influence. I like that. Medical influence. Medical influence. Not legally required medical, to take the advice. Medical edition. All right. Um, so Lily, so, take us back so to the story. So bring it back to the story. <gasps> so, so um, this is a good moment to shout out those island doctors, as you said, um, because I was uh, gifted the gift of a wonderful uh, doctor who started uh, her own group on Instagram as well to help women for free throughout the, the uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's in Spanish, Escuela de Mujeres, and we'll put it in the notes, the show notes. And so it's at Escuela de Mujeres on 
Instagram and she's a wonderful, wonderful physician. And I just want I just wanted to share this story because I feel like you guys might appreciate it. I think I've told you both this more or less individually, but um, if this can help anybody in any way, I, I thought I should share. So when um, you find out, let's say you've lost a pregnancy and um, but you haven't uh, it hasn't left your body yet, there is a time line between that happens and when you um, actually have it not be in your body anymore. It could be a week, it could be more. And um, in my case, because it was going to be a, a surgical procedure, I begged them, you know, to do it as fast as possible. I, I wanted to get it over with as fast as possible. And they were very kind. Um, I think it was only a few days. And so when I went into that procedure, um, um, I had, I think, I, I it was in, a, in the OR at my clinic. My physician was there, but they had a, I, I felt like, I wrote down, I just read this and that gave me a second to pause because I was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. But I felt like there was 15 people in the room. Maybe there was less. But in my mind, the room was like a comings and going of a lot of people. And the anesthesiologist is there. Um, and uh, my doctor was there. And I started shaking uncontrollably. Um, I don't, I, I felt very cold. I felt very nervous. I felt very upset and I, I started shaking and, um, my doctor came over to me and she held my hand and she grabbed my hand and she asked me where I was going to go. She was, where are you going when we give you the sedation, when we give you the anesthesia, while we do the procedure, tell me about where you're going. And I said, oh, I don't have to think about it. And it was like just a natural reaction. I was like, I don't, I don't have to think about it. I, I'm going home. I'm going to Canada. And she was like, oh, wow. And she's originally from Colombia, although she lives in Spain now for many, many years. And she said, oh, wow, Canada. That's amazing. Tell me about it. And I don't know what they were doing. Now, again, you're, you're splayed out on this table. Um, your, your legs are in stirrups. It's freezing. It's, it's probably one of the hardest, saddest things you have to like face on. And um, I tell her that, you know, in the winter, there's so much snow and there's so much ice and it's quiet. And I said, you know, at night when you're on the lake and it's all that hard packed snow, the, the snow absorbs sound, right? Isn't that correct? I think, the, I think there's a sort of silence that you don't get in other scenarios. Um, and I said that I'm going to take a walk on the lake and I'm going to be obviously in some sort of snowsuit. <laughs> and so I'm going to walk on the lake and then I'm going to lie down on the snow. And I'm just going to hear that silence of, of only a very particular type of sound that you have to have known what it is. Just to, a little bit of crunching. A little bit of crunching. But then once you lie down and you settle in in that bed of snow, um, and she just kept asking me to tell her about it and tell her about it. And she goes, okay, just, you know, stay warm, have a really good trip. Um, and I was holding her hand and I just fell asleep. And I went into that moment, instead of being a nervous wreck and like shaking physically and in a really bad place, having her tell me that was probably one of the nicest like moments of kindness I've ever experienced because it was shitty no matter what, but I faced it with like a little bit more, you know, resilience and, um, calmness over my body that I felt um and and then I write in brackets because I, I wrote this down to never forget that and I write but also uh, I got a massive amount of drugs and <laughs> <laughs> so 
there was that too but I think there was a different sort of approaching that I, and the moment has stuck with me forever and I thank her endlessly for that um because she could have just said we're about to start and you know and that's it and but you know she didn't have to do that and that I going that extra mile I think was I'm very grateful um so yeah so then if we cut to a few months later um they you know they you know you go home you recover it's really hard. it's not an easy recovery it, you know women suffer this in silence all the time and they shouldn't have to but you also you know it's not easy to be able to tell this to just anyone and um I encourage people to reach out to support groups or um family friends at anyone one person so you're not you know dealing with this alone and a few months later, we circle back and are asked to make a decision about do we, like I said before on the other previous episode, do we start all over again or go to the casino with the embryos that we have and hope that because, there's not. Because you didn't biopsy them. I did not biopsy them. They were frozen right from extraction, from the egg extraction. They went straight into the cryogenic, to cryogenically freeze and why, them. And you, you didn't, can't defrost why, why and didn't, biopsy. Why didn't you biopsy? Um, because I want What was the to, risk with well, biopsy? It, in my case, it was 3,000 more euros on a very large bill already, and that felt daunting. Um, it was, it could be like three to 6,000. They don't even give you the full estimate, and that felt extremely daunting, which I'm sure in the States it's t- three times that, because the ratio, I understand, it's three times more expensive in the States, at least. And so, I, I don't know. I actually, I don't, I shouldn't say that, because I don't know what biopsying is like in the States, but... That's what they quoted me, and everything they quoted me seemed to be about... Um, okay, so there was the financial... Yeah, there was a financial component. There was also the fact that in uh, my previous pregnancy... Well, my previous uh, baby that I had, I didn't biopsy anything. I just had a baby, and I thought, well, that's kind of let you know my biology and my husband's biology take its course like it would have. Plus, we had a healthy boy, and they encouraged us saying you know we don't do what you want but we think that it's okay not to biopsy because you have a healthy child so you have an indication that there's no reason you wouldn't be able to have more healthy children and we did genetic testing on my husband and I blood tests so that felt confident but now we were staring down the barrel of five embryos left that we know nothing about and the to stand the chance to have to go through all of this again felt really rough. I spoke to the embryologist, again, a wonderful person who sat on the phone with me and went over statistics I don't understand over and over again and said there's a 25% chance one of those embryos there's something wrong with. That's just the way the statistics go at your age. And I was like, so one of them is bad? And I kept being like, how do I know? And he was like, no, that's not what how statistics work. <laughs> like, none <laughs> of them could be bad. None of them could be bad. All of them could be bad. But T- this is- Tony Kornheiser, the, the famous radio mm-hmm. and sports personality, he always says the odds of everything are 50-50. It's, it's true. either going to hit you, like the, the satellite <laughs> when it's falling towards mm-hmm. the earth. He always used to say it's a great they, way to think about it. They'd get, he'd have the weather guy give him the odds of what it would be. If, what's the odds it's going to land on me? And they give right. him the odds and he said, no, the exactly. odds are 50 50. It's either going to hit me or it isn't. <laughs> but that's a great point because they tell you with ICSI, which is a little bit a different technique than IVF, which is what I ended up doing. It's 60 at this clinic. It's a 60 percent pregnancy rate. That's huge. That's a really high rate for getting pregnant. 
and and they you know you lean on that number and then my the embryologist was like but they doesn't mean you keep the pregnancy he's like those are our stats that's that's the statistics for the these embryos you get pregnant with what happens that that's another set of statistics and 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 all of those numbers and those numbers and at the end of the day it's 50 50 you will get pregnant you won't get pregnant you'll keep the baby you won't keep the baby like you in your mind it can get very very complicated and then it can become very very simple will you explain ICSI and the difference because you've explained it to me before and it's very interesting so IVF from what I understand is that they take a sperm which is a whole other thing the whole sperm thing is hilarious and not fair how like funny it is for guys like they you know spew in a cup and then they put them in a centrifuge and they spin them around and take out the best of those swimmers and then from those guys they you know weed out I guess the the best of those guys and then they pick one um and they put it in the petri dish with the one of the eggs that they pick. Obviously, the eggs that look the best. Like they have a, a rating system for all those eggs. And then they pick an egg, they put it in the petri dish, and they those two make a baby. What ICSI does is it, with a needle, inserts very delicately, delicately the sperm into the egg. So you're pushing to the next level. So you know that that embryo will fertilize. Whether it'll be successful embryo or not is a different story, but you're not wasting an egg, let's say. Like if the sperm doesn't, and it's the egg that lets the sperm in. So you could have 100 great sperms, and it's not necessarily the best man that wins. That's not really how it works. It's who the egg decides to let in of a group of right, like relatively good. talking, the egg opens the and eggs, pulls Bruce Willis in. Right, but the egg chose Bruce Willis. Of right. all the little guys it's that are knocking It's not that Bruce Willis cracked amazing. it. It's, it's a pinata. It is amazing. Exactly. It's Amy, not a pinata. Amy Heckerling. We're going to call this episode. It's not a pinata. It's not a pinata. <laughs> Amy Heckerling. God bless her. Literally is, taught me so much. It's, if, the, you can save so much time about the birds and the bees conversation. Just watch that movie yeah, with the kids. Yeah, my kids have seen it. It's amazing. And so the thing is that when the sperms are knocking on the egg, they're knock, knock, knocking their head on the thing, it's an actually a very important process. They're they being re- interviewed. Well, they're being interviewed, but they're also releasing, I believe it's calcium. Uh, I think it's a calcium or it's a protein. Again, don't quote me. Um, I think it's a, it's a type of calcium that they are releasing in their little yeah. noggins. And then they get let in and they go in, but that process has happened. The knocking is really important. When you do ICSI and you just you shove, that. you skip that. So before putting it into the egg, they bang it on the head with a hammer. <laughs> they <laughs> knock those suckers in the head. Bang, bang, bang. It releases that important component. They hit and the sperm on the head? the head? Because they're not, it's but, missing the knocking. And then they aren't, insert it into the egg. Aren't you violating the egg a little bit there? <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of forcing the egg to be fertilized. It's, it's eth- I mean, all of these are ethical questions we can get into. Okay. So the next step was to basically just make a decision and, and go with the embryos that we already had um, or not, and we decided to roll the dice. Um, it was not an easy decision, and like we were saying about statistics, I was wrapped up with the numbers, but as Shai so eloquently said, it, everything is 50-50 in the end. And kind of went with that and um in order to do that you have to prepare your body to convince your body that you're pregnant because 
you are transferring a five-day-old embryo into you. And so like we said in chapter one of this story, the embryo is created in the fallopian tube and travels down to the uterus, then implants itself in the uterus. So you're basically skipping that part, but you're putting it into the uterus and hoping it implants. Hormones and things have already had to happen to convince your body that it's pregnant or that it something was fertilized to get you there and then it's implanted and at my clinic they keep you on a you know significant amount of medicine for the next three months to carry you through the first trimester a lot of other places only do you know eight weeks ten weeks something like that where I was uh, getting treatment they go the whole first trimester to to kind of give you back up um, and so in order to do that they start you about a month before it's not it's not too much in advance they start a few weeks before they're giving you all different kinds of hormones and then you've got to go things have to be timed really specifically you have to go at a certain time uh be there you this time you you, you can't be late um to start a process before the transfer when they transfer the embryo into you and it basically puts your body into menopause <laughs> what is menopause menopause they stop your reproductive system basically on a hormonal level wow and then they control it with artificial hormones well yeah they artificially control it so they shut the whole system down with a gigantic shot in your butt um that's a big that's a big one into your butt and then, um, at least it was in my butt. I don't know what other people were. <laughs> I'm just waiting for someone to DM me. Um, I got mine in my arm. <laughs> mine was in my chunky butt. And that, basically, if you think about it as like a machine, it puts the machine on standby. And then you can manually adjust things. Oh, okay. So they could pick the exact amount exactly. of the different hormones. Exact amount, exact timing. And... That way you're you're because you're you're not pregnant, and so they are convincing your brain and body that it is pregnant by then dosing you. So if your uterus is the moon or supposed to be the moon, they're creating the gravity conditions of the to moon land, to get out of the spaceship exactly to walk okay. on the moon. Okay, is they're creating the We're really pushing this, this metaphor? metaphor. And I yeah, get it. I like it though. I've thought about this metaphor for three years. <laughs> so they um. They, yeah, so they're prepping your body and your uterus on their clock. And when the window is right, when they've brought you up to this point, they then will defrost the embryo. They will prepare the embryo for the transfer. Something to take into consideration is that not all embryos survive being defrosted. And so you don't know if you're going to be going to that transfer until you get the phone call at least in my case, I didn't know I was going to be going until I got the phone call at 10 a.m. that said, come right now, we're going to do it. So imagine you're like a turkey. They have the probe in you, probably in your butt too. In my and case, I'm sure it was in my it butt. It hits the bing. It goes bing. They call you in. You now it's time to defrost. Now we defrost things in a bunch of different ways in my house. Sometimes it's the microwave. Sometimes we run right. them under the water if we're in a rush. Or leave them in the fridge. Leave them in the fridge. How do they defrost? You you'd think it's a my so nephew. This, so they, <laughs> so they so to get to the freezing stage, right? It's so complicated. They use the blast I, chiller from 
Right, or just a blowtorch. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. They used the blast chiller. I don't know. Oh, my kids love the blast chiller, which is just my freezer in our house. And so I, you know, was I, I ended up having many phone calls, like I said before, with the embryologist Hiro, which is he's an amazing, wonderful guy. Um, Hiro. Yeah. Oh, Hiro. I think yeah. that Iro. I'm like, like Uncle Iro. No. From Airbender. From Airbender. Everyone should watch oh. Braving the Elements. Oh my God. Listen to Why Braving the Elements podcast. Why does everything come back to fucking? When it you does watch, it not when you come watch back the show, Lily, you'll make you'll sense. Understand. And if you and if everything you understood, your embryologist was Uncle Iro. I mean, he's a very wise man it's with like a lot of layers. Iro from Bob's yeah. Burgers, who knows the Capoeira? Gyro. Gyro. It's the same name. Um. Anyway, so him and I had many, many conversations um, to try to wrap my head about, around going to the moon. It's like very difficult to understand. And I, I, I sit down with him and I was like, okay, explain to me. Let's go. Let's go. I'm ready. Explain to me the defrosting process so I understand what's going to happen to this little embryo. And he goes, yeah, so do you think about how you defrost a hamburger. And, and I was like, so I'm sorry, what? He's like, so the best way is just to leave it out and let it defrost by itself. And I was like, uh, what? Like on the counter in the kitchen? Yeah. Like on the counter. Do they label it? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, so so, so you have all this technology and all this science. It's like saying, so you just step on the moon? You just you just step out onto the moon. And and I'm like, y- y- what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, you just uh, put it on the counter and watch it defrost. It takes a few hours. It's not very long. We just stand there and we look at it. <laughs> and 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 I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. And when it's uh, defrosty enough, we give you a call. And when it looks like it didn't implode or disintegrate or something happened to it, then uh, we give you a call and we stick it in you. That's it. And I was, and that still to this day blows my mind. I would say that getting actually pregnant and being able to carry a whole pregnancy. Because it's been fertilized. It's a person. It's, yes. it's, 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 well, it's well, not a person. It's not, a person. No. It's not like Okay, sorry. We're right? not going to get into that. It's We're not, not gonna, a person. It's I'm, not I, a person as far as I mean, it's cells. It's cells that could be a person. Okay. It is fertilized. Okay. It is already fertilized. I'll give you this. If this was our, if this happened in a person without IVF or ICSI or whatever, this would be five days into being fertilized. Being fertilized in a woman's body. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This would be when they five days it. after. So, you, okay. When they so what? So okay. When they so defrost it, it's probe, five days. The probe old. goes bing. You get the call. The meat has been defrosted. You get a phone call. Okay. So you get, you run down. They put no, no, it on wait, the grill. I get the call. I'm standing in my hallway, and he goes, "Lily." And I go, "Yes." And he goes, "We defrosted the embryo." And I go, "Yes." And it's just dead silence. And I'm full on expecting him to say it, it, you know, it didn't survive the defrosting. We have to now try to defrost a different, then you have to, I I believe you have to start the whole thing over because you're like ready to go. I don't think it's, I don't think it's easy for them to just pop another one out of the freezer and wait a few, like wait the time. But I guess that's what they do. And they have you there kind of waiting. Um, I, I, that's not what happened to me because he goes, he's, it's just dead silence. My heart is in my throat and he goes, come on down. <laughs> come like, on down. Hiro, come on, man. I was just like, dude. Like, cheese or caramelized onions? Yeah. He's like, mushrooms. Come, come mushrooms. Got to mushrooms. Mushrooms, mushrooms, cheese, and caramelized, caramelized onions. onions. Yeah. Get your personalized burger. Um, it's out of the freezer. And so we did. We got in the, like, got in the car. Um, got a babysitter, right? Got, got for my kiddo. Got in the car. 
ran on down and um, are in the operating room. Luckily, uh, Jose was able to be with me in the room. And they show you the embryo. They show it before it goes into you. You meet it. Um, it's a weird, surreal moment. Like, I guess staring back at Earth from the moon. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to keep going with this. <laughs> and well, it's like 2001 Space Odyssey. It is. The baby, it's, it's looking just, at you or some, well, something. Something like that. So then it, I'll never understand. I mean, it makes about as much sense as that movie. It, pretty much, yes. I would say that movie's a more accurate description. <laughs> and then they put music on in the room. What song? To, wait, to relax you. And fucking Tears in Heaven comes on by oh Eric Clapton. Tears in Heaven? That's a terrible choice. That's a bad choice. choice. And Do they know? Is, is no, that the they, song or is it just on the radio? It's, I think it's on it's the radio. It's on the playlist? Or no, they that might should not be on the playlist. That's got to be a language barrier thing. I think it might just be the radio. Because that song is about the death, death of, of his child. The accidental death yes, of his child. Of his child. And Ooh. that song comes on and I go, everybody stop. <laughs> And I, I, I'm like, you people don't speak English, so you probably don't know the lyrics. But I was like, change the fucking song. <laughs> they literally have my embryo waiting there. Jose's like, are you okay? She's having a mental break. She's lost it. The nurses are like, calm down, Lily. Are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, you don't understand. You need to change the song. You cannot go through this procedure with this song playing. That's right. Yeah, and they changed it. And what would they, they change it to? Ed Sheeran. Oh. <laughs> okay, well, let's. Which one? The nine. That's okay. The movement, whatever um, that song is. The oh, yeah. Shake so it like a sandcastle. Oh what? no, but I like how you're combining here. <laughs> I don't know anything about his songs. Um, I think I, you know what I think about Ed Sheeran? He's in too many movies and TV shows. <laughs> so Shape of He's You hustling. came on. Shape of You. That's yeah. it. Shake it like but a sandcastle. Then, Same um, song. Um, yeah, yeah Shape of You came on. And then Thinking Out Loud came on. So they must have By changed who? him. It's a, his. It's another they were song like, of his. Ed, just, Ed Sheeran just, hasn't he's, had he's, any he's tragedy. He's not. covered. He's good. So they put their, they put that on. And they maybe they were like, listen, I don't know what went wrong, but they put him on. And so two of his songs played. Todos gustan Ed Sheeran. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And then they, they did the transfer. And they do it. And we're holding our breath. And then it's up on the ultrasound screen. You can see it. And Jose looks at it and he goes, that looks like a good one. And I, and I turned to him and I go, are you a doctor? <laughs> and he was just trying to be nice. He goes, that, that looks like it went really well. And I, and I literally turned to him and I was like, shut the fuck up. You know nothing. <laughs> Let's hear it from the people who know what they're talking about. If you don't have a degree in medicine, no one can speak in this room. <laughs> and, and the doctor was like, really, please calm down. It looks great. Everything went well. Go home. Now, there's a lot of, like I was saying before, there's a lot of, things that people suggest to you in this realm and acupuncture is one of them i highly recommend acupuncture to anybody if they're open to it i think it's extremely helpful uh, therapy is good but they say um you to wear warm socks and yeah. um when you go home for your transfer wear warm socks it's, it's important to keep your feet warm and maybe like a scarf around your belly keep that area nice and warm and like so that embryo says i want to live here and implants and to eat a pineapple, a uh, get a pineapple, divide it into sections, and then every day you eat a, a section of that pineapple. It has bro bromine in it, and it is recommended to help. Now, during... Aren't, aren't you a little bit allergic to pineapple? I am a little bit allergic <laughs> okay, to pineapple. Okay, that is a made-up allergy. It has never I, been tested. Not, not for people, for Lily. I get itchy. Doctor Becky, medicine. 
medicine woman at Vice Clinic, she's allergic. <laughs> so <laughs> I get itchy Lily mouth. does not have that allergy. During my first transfer, I was like, oh, come on. I'll wear the socks and I'll wrap a scarf around my belly, but I'm eating you know, fucking pineapple. It makes my mouth itchy and that's like ridiculous. God damn, did I eat that pineapple <laughs> on the second round? And I fully embrace anybody who... If they told you, oh, no, no, to get your transfer to work, do this, and you're like, I don't want to do that, don't do it. And if you're like, I'm going to give it a try, then go in it full force. You do what you have to do, and it doesn't necessarily mean that that means you're doing what other people told you to. So you do you, okay? All that to say, um, it worked. So maybe there is something to that pineapple. <laughs> um, but... Didn't it's, you say earlier that one thing doesn't make the difference? No, one or, thing does not okay, make the right, difference. Just That's making it. But, but, she, but she's reiterating that point. One thing does not does make not. the difference. So you, do so you, you either do. do it or you don't, but you do it for yourself. Whatever's going right. to bring you peace of mind, um, you do that. Right. So when um, talking about things that people shouldn't say, though, back to that. and Love what that people topic. Yeah, it's such a great it's topic. It's reverse judging. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so they... They give you, you so two weeks later you have your beta test, which is the they're checking the levels to see if you could be pregnant. Forty eight hours later you do it again and they look, at least in my case, they look to see if the levels have like duplicated because that means your work your body's working to be pregnant. Um, so that's when they confirm you're technically pregnant. So I come out of the transfer and they're giving me my appointment for Friday the thirteenth of December. And day before Becky's birthday, day before mm-hmm. Becky's birthday. But the fucking secretary goes, oh, Friday the 13th. I hope your baby doesn't turn out to be like Jason from the <laughs> movie. <laughs> and I was like, if he does or she does, I'll sue your ass because you fucking made that baby and put it in me. I was like, what a thing to say to someone. I was like, what is wrong with you people? I was like, dude, is this the same secretary that didn't like your one joke. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I blocked See part one for the one joke. The very Yeah, see part one for that joke. Um, And then, you know, the the process begins. I I think any pregnancy is difficult. A pregnancy with assisted fertility is hard. And then a pregnancy after a loss is really hard. And so you're very nervous. And we get to the 11-week. I had an ultrasound at first a lot. Like, I don't – it was a lot. I don't know, every two weeks – every 10 days, something like that, then the most I ever went was three weeks without having one. Um, and we make it to 11 weeks, which is what we didn't we could didn't make it in the previous pregnancy. And uh, we're sitting there, and the doctor says, everything looks good, you know, being very encouraging. Jos is just sitting there, and he goes, but but it was frozen. And, and I go, yeah, 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 let's move on. It's like I've gone to the moon. I've got boots on the moon, and I just need to get home. And I don't give a shit how we do it. I just want to get there. And he's like stuck on the moon. He was just like. How do we get to the moon? Yeah. He's like, but it's frozen. I, I don't understand. How could it be? How could there be a little heart in there beating? How could, does it, how could it be a baby? And he's super, super stuck on it. And I'm like, dude, dude, just give it a rest. These people are professionals. We get home and his brother is visiting us. And his brother um, is in the kitchen or whatever. And Jose is like going on and on and on about it being frozen. And, and I'm, I'm getting a bit upset because I don't want to focus on the process. I just want to believe that it's going to work. And then I hear my brother-in-law in the kitchen just going, 
Ice Ice Baby. While it was wildly inappropriate, it brought a moment of levity to the situation that, in retrospect, I do appreciate. Um, because the amount of frozen jokes we have made since then are That's numerous. Amazing. Lily, just let it go. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> that was, was low-hanging fruit. That was, that was good. I like um, that. And so, you know, at, as the pregnancy went on, Jose um, was very st- still stuck on the frozen thing, and and he kept saying, you know, but when when my kid is, you know, God willing, he'll grow up and be, you know, I'll, I'll be like thirty, and I'll just grab him and be like, but you were frozen, because <laughs> he's so obsessed with it, and um, he kept asking the doctor what, you know, what could the consequences be of being frozen, and what are all these things, and you know, these people are professionals and have been doing this for forty years, not not my specific doctor, but. IVF has been going on for for 40 years for about that. I think the first IVF patient uh, a child is 45 or something like that and she seems to be doing fine. So the doctors were like we get your concerns and so then they basically just started giving it back to him and my doctor was like well if your baby is resistant to cold can you please let us know so we can document <laughs> it or if ice shoots out of his or her fingers can you let us know and he was like wait is that a possibility are you serious and he just they just kept you know making fun of him back um but yeah in the end um we were able to have at 41 weeks and nine pounds you made such a cozy uh, oh my cozy gosh. uterus home with a gigantic placenta that nearly killed me after <laughs> but that is an, true. that's another that is episode that's, that's another, another episode, episode. I mean, part three God. that we're the not postpartum ready to... is a whole well we've episode. talked about that on the show already you yeah. did nearly die yeah. unrelated to unrelated any of this unrelated to any of this that's a separate episode and i also had a wonderful my doctor this doctor i'm telling you it she saved my life but um i had a wonderful um birth i gave birth to a beautiful baby boy at nine pounds my friend delivered him with jose at the hospital during a pandemic and uh yeah everybody Wait, jose and and who what? mom no, no, mom wasn't there. Oh, mom wasn't, wasn't at this one. I just no. assumed mom attends all of your births. Oh, you figured even though it was COVID, she you know put on her way. some scrubs yeah. and snuck I'm in. Sure, and I was sure stole mom someone's was there. ID tag. I was sure mom was no, there. No, mom was with my my little boy um, at home with Ari at home. So <laughs> mom's there directing everything. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> no. a very fair and assumption. Lily, and the delivery story is very. You know, your delivery story is very beautiful, and, and it was it was great. What song was really playing? Well. What song? What song was playing during that? The sound of Lily's grunting. Yeah, <laughs> and like meditation stuff that Becky had said. Lily's. Um, but yeah, so I think that you know to recap, it's actually called hypnobirthing. Hypnobirthing. Chai. It's it one is. of my other expertise, which I'll tell you about. All right. Okay. So a Patreon medical podcast. <laughs> um. So I'm just gonna uh, recap. It's like going to the moon. Okay. this experience um the hardest part is the not knowing the you know way too much you have too much information and you have so much to worry about and at the same time um you haven't even been pregnant yet so you have got before you even get to that part there's just so much information and that's really hard um Take the advice that you're given that works for you and only that advice and do not even look back on any of the other crap that people tell you um, if you're not interested. Uh, Social media can be an incredible support. It can also be horrendous. So don't feel bad about checking out of social media. 
because um, it can be really, really, really difficult. Um, yeah. Well, I since think, this is, yeah. in fact, a pop culture podcast, and people have now listened to two full episodes about this, we do need to know, before we close out, what were your comfort shows during this whole process? So, so what were your you know, I, IVF comfort shows? So I'm the pretty big, sh- big one was You're the Worst. You're the Worst. I knew it was, that was the Worst. That was my big one. And while I'm sure there was a lot of other stuff, and I think like I can put this in the notes or think on it and we can do recs and all that for this. We can even open the next episode or something about IVF movies because there are a bunch of pretty funny ones. I would say that that you're the worst was incredibly important because it was a show which had nothing to do with my situation about, it was very dark humor, which was really helpful and they're pretty terrible people. (laughs) So that were hilarious. So it was it was great to watch something so unrealistic and so far from me, but was still in a comedy vein because it wasn't like having to watch like Grey's Anatomy or something serious. So um, you're the worst was mine. And if that is a gift to somebody else, you're welcome. And uh, what was the song that got you through some of your hardest days? Oh, the was Beanstalk Libraries, um, Feeling My Way in the Dark. That song got me through many trips up and back to the clinic, which is about 15, 20 minutes from my house. And jamming it, rocking out to that song helped a lot. Just blasting it. Because those are hard car rides to have conversations in. The, the going, because you're there's like a lot at stake, and it's just really hard sometimes. And you, I, I had to make that trip a lot by myself. So that was my anthem. I rocked out to that song a lot. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for doing Thanks this, for Lil. We love you. I love you guys. Lil, yeah. where can people follow you? Chichi, C-H-I-C-H-I-K Gomez on Twitter. You can DM me at Movie on Instagram. And I will read those if you have anybody has any questions or concerns um, or whatever or want to share. That would be amazing. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Peanut, the app. I think they're pretty awesome um, for connecting to other moms or just connecting about being in this uh, wild trip that is trying to be a mom. And um, I wrote it down and I don't want to mess it up. In Circle Fertility, which is a support group and um, they, I believe, provide like coaching for people going through infertility stuff on Instagram. You can follow, you can find their account. And the Feeders podcast? The Feeders, the Feeders, uh, Abby Feeder started that uh, organization and their podcast is called Maculate Conception. You can get it on Audible um, and I believe other places, but I think the whole thing is on Audible. That is their journey. That is you're following them in real time three years into their fertility journey. Um, and it's can, it can be heavy, but I think it can also be extremely interesting to listen if people want to uh, go through that with them. And spoiler, they ha- now have twins, which is wonderful. Um, and that's amazing. But that's a, long, that's a long journey, too, for them. And Becky, where can people follow you? Um, at paper bk princess on twitter and you know if you want the patreon let us know and i will give out that medical advice (laughs) but we don't have one but we talk about having but if you want medical advice maybe convince us to start a patreon it's not advice it's medical influence sorry medical influence Uh, definitely uh, not advice i feel like we're really gonna have to roll that one back i'm getting a little nervous (laughs) nothing (laughs) becky says is accurate or authoritative 
my oh you can follow me at pancake and the number four table that's pancake for table on twitter and instagram all the friday night movie shenanigans at fry night movie we aren't going to give our usual um, shout outs and organizations and buys of the week because of these very special episodes um, but do check out the organizations that lily mentioned and uh, if you want to follow up with questions, go to at Fry Night Movie on our socials and DM us. And thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much to our sister, Lily. We love you so much. And your amazing family. Love and you. bye. Love you. Bye.